Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Therapy Matters Podcast, your one-stop resource for expert insights and advice on everything therapy and rehab. I'm your host, Allison Jones, and today I'm joined by Ben Weinstein, owner of Myomechanics Physical Therapy and Training. Ben, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely, Allison. Excited to be here. Excellent. We're, ha- we're happy to have you here today with us as well. So, Ben, you've been a practicing physical therapist for several years. Uh, you're the owner of a thriving PT practice in Nashville, Tennessee. Why don't you take a few minutes to give, your, give our audience some background on who you are, what your experience is, and tell us a bit about myomechanics. Yeah, so I'm originally from uh, the New York City area, and I went to school at New York Medical College up there after University of Delaware for undergrad. Um, out after about six months working in the tri-state area, I moved on down to Nashville kind of on a whim after visiting a buddy for three days, like everybody else does. Um, I ended up working at uh, Vanderbilt in their uh, inpatient setting at, as their spine therapist, where I would you know, give the patients some pre-education and then post-op ambulation. Um, from there, I went to a bigger group, which I stayed with up through the pandemic. Um, moving from a staff therapist into a director position um, and then transitioning from there into some travel therapy uh, before opening up my own place uh, and we're in downtown Nashville. Uh, So through that, you know, my own mechanics, we really work with uh, the weekend warriors and people who are, you know, already working with personal trainers or doing their hit classes, kind of the, you know, athletic or, formerly athletic population, um, just trying to keep everybody moving and, and feeling good. Today, we're going to focus on um, the concept of making the transition from an employee to a private practice owner. And as you explained, this is something that you've done uh, with your journey uh, to myomechanics. Uh, so we wanted to share your story of how uh, you came to this decision what it's like running your own practice, and some challenges and opportunities uh, to being uh, independent. Does that sound like a good idea? Yeah, absolutely. All right, great. Okay, so you used to be a director at a large practice. Today, you own your own business. Uh, So my first question to you is, uh, why did you make this change? So there's a whole host of different reasons. Um, over the time that I've come out to practice, um, our reimbursement rates have continually, you know, dropped and been cut. The use of PTAs um, has been, you know, very, uh, very much changed in in how those practitioners are allowed to work. So in that time, you know, when I came out, I was seeing ten to twelve on a day, and at the end of my career in in uh, outpatient. Uh, insurance-based, I was seeing, you know, 16, some days, 17. And, and while the idea was, you know, we're helping so many more people, not, I felt that I was probably helping less because I wasn't able to spend adequate time or programming um, with each person that I was seeing that day. And then on top of it, you're, you're very much limited when revenue is decreasing to receive the pay bumps and uh, value that you feel like you should be earning as a more experienced therapist. So with, with all of the things that were happening, 
Um, and the insurance model being the way it is, I kind of decided to take a step away from it um, and and open a cash-based model where I get paid and then you know the clients I have also get to choose their you know practitioner. Um, it kind of puts everybody else in the driver's seat where you know you call your insurance up and they give you your list of in-network providers and you know they may not be necessarily the best provider but they take your insurance so you end up going to them so i've I've found that through the transition i'm able to work with the population that i enjoy working with and they're able to receive the best care that they can and feel in control of the care that they're receiving excellent so there's a couple things that i want to dig into there uh first up you said that you are a cash-based business now um, and that's a really big change going from um, sort of insurance-based to cash-based. So tell me a little bit about um, some of the the challenges and uh, opportunities with making that transition over to cash-based. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of challenges, and I don't know if it's necessarily for everybody. Um, you really have to be in that kind of eat-what-you-kill mindset uh, in the sense of, you know, you have to be confident in your clinical skills and know that they are worth what you're going to charge. So where the issue and, and the difficulty comes is you're essentially up against someone who's saying, well, we also do physical therapy um, and it's it's $30 a session as your copay. Um, and that may be all that they pay, at least up front. Um, and then having to tell someone, you know, for this session, it's two hundred dollars an hour plus. Uh, it it isn't necessarily a sales pitch. You know, you know that you're going to give them good care, but you have to show them the value. Whether that is, you know, you're going to get them better faster, they're going to spend more one on one time with the physical therapist, or you know, you have more expertise in the area that they want to return to. So um, it it really is more explaining to people why it, it's a good uh deal for them in, in a sense um but there there are people you know and and i do understand the it is expensive um that unfortunately you're just not going to be able to work with uh some of the you know positives are if you are going to see you know 70 people a week and get paid 30 dollars a patient you could see a quarter of that give really good care and also create a little bit more freedom in, in your lifestyle. So for, for me, I um, just never saw myself being able to maintain the, the caseloads that I was seeing at the time. Um, and so this has been a much better work-life balance. Of course, there are things out of my control and I'm, you know, doing uh, care and and billing and marketing and things maybe the more 40 hours a week but um i know that the people that i'm seeing during the week are getting the best care that i can give that sort of leads into my um next question with um you're seeing a uh a smaller set of clients a more select group of clients uh or patients um and and that is an intentional um uh I guess, consequence of uh, the way that you set up your business. So how does that uh, impact um, 
your patient care? I, I think it makes it better um, for me, honestly. Uh, I know that those are the patients that are kind of in my wheelhouse, right? It, it's it's like tearing your ACL and then going to someone who has never done an ACL rehab before. Um, I go to the classes that they're taking uh, for most of my patients. I either work very closely with their professional trainers. Um, so I know exactly like what their workouts look like. I know what they need to get back to. And then I know exactly what their goals are. So I'm able to change my treatment routine to get them back to those things um, where, you know, if you go to a bigger group and you get stuck with the first available person and they've never either taken your class or they've never done the things that you want to do, uh, they may not know how to adequately get you back to that. And you're very focused in, in the types of patients that you're treating. So you're not you're not treating every sort of um, uh, uh uh, physical ailment, you're very specific in the types of patients that you're taking on, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I uh, definitely am working more with like, weightlifters and people who are, you know, lifting weights as part of their routine, whether that's in a high intensity setting or a powerlifting setting in some sort. Um, but that definitely is my, I'd say, like niche and the people that I enjoy working with. So with that, I do those things and that's how I train. So mm-hmm. It, it makes it easier for me to program and and utilize those things. So what was the biggest challenge or the biggest surprise when you opened uh, your practice? Just the fact that it worked as well as it did, as quickly as it did. Um, yeah, like I said, I was, I was stocking up on ramen, you know, expecting a couple uh, months to be profitable. Um, I had, you know, made savings and things of that sort in order to be ready for it. And it kind of just worked and I was able to get rolling and start working with the people and making connections with gyms, um, all the things that I was really looking forward to do. So um, that was now a year and a half ago and and it's changed in the sense of, you know, maintaining relationships and and still putting in the time and the effort. But uh, it's definitely different in that in that sense at the moment. So when we were talking uh, during our prep call, uh, we had talked about, you know, This is, we talked about maybe putting in your time, like you can't just come out of school and go right into your own private practice. Like there's, there's some work that you have to do uh, ahead of time and, and maybe put in your dues and um, work for a larger organization perhaps first. So you talked about, um, you know, that aspect of it? Like you didn't think that you could just go right into private practice? Um, yes. I, and I think, I mean, there are people that do it. Yeah. I, I think it's a bit of a disservice. Um, think that you are the best person to care for someone after, you know, three years of PT school um, and very minimal patient experience. Um, I felt that you know, after getting the education I had, passing a, you know, board certification for an OCS, taking a whole bunch of manual therapy classes that I was then prepared to take the leap, um, along with having, you know, the management experience on somebody else's dime, uh, you get to understand what, you know, P&Ls look like and the actual business end of a, you know, physical therapy practice rather than just the patient care. We don't learn much of the business um, mm. 
in physical therapy school. I was kind of blessed with the fact that my father owns his own pediatric practices. Mm-hmm. So I understood, you know, reimbursement and insurance and marketing, seeing him do it. Uh, but there was a lot to learn and learning curve was, was really large. So um, I, I definitely think that if you have to learn how to do all those things without having a really sound clinical uh, background, it, it can get lost in the sauce and you may give mediocre care and be really good at marketing, or you may just be mediocre at both and it might not work as well as you'd hope it would. So take advantage of that opportunity of working in, uh, you know, a clinical setting, working for somebody else, learn as much as you can, and then apply that if you want to yeah. go into Yeah, that. and it doesn't have to necessarily yeah. be, you know, a big group. There right. are cash-based practices that are, you know, great, and they have good mentorships, and it's smaller, and you're seeing those people. And I, I think that those are probably, you know, they're lesser um, as far as like the opportunities, but if you go search them out, um, they're, they're there. So, you know, putting in your time and, and kind of earning your stripes, uh, I think is important. Excellent. All right. So, um, we can't let this go by without, uh, without me asking a question about marketing because I am, I am a marketer. So this is something that's near and dear to my heart. So I have to ask a little bit about how do you go about marketing your practice and bringing in new clientele, new patients. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, for me, I took a really local approach. I've been working in the area. I had been to a bunch of workout classes. I had friends who were personal trainers and in the fitness industry. Um, so I just started going to everything, you know, uh, talking to the owners, setting up workshops, just being there, being present and, you know, showing value and like, if someone had a question or they came to a workshop, working with them uh, through those questions and not expecting anything out of it. I think people understand when there's someone there who's actively like trying to help them. Um, and then they will search those people out, whether it's in a week or a month or a year. You know, I have people, oh, I saw you at this workshop, you know, six months ago. I didn't have an issue then, but something arose and you know, I remember it's something you planned on. Um, you really have to go in with the idea that if you become part of like the local community, the local community will take care of you. Um, I am also not a big Instagram person. So, you know, the idea of I'd rather spend, you know, a whole day at a gym with people than posting to thousands. Um, so that was, it, it kind of was something I just, uh, fell into with that. Other people have done really well with building an Instagram following and, you know, having people actively reach out to them. And that is definitely a great way to do it. Also, mm-hmm. it just wasn't something that I, you know, was either comfortable or had, had much experience doing. Gotcha. Okay. Excellent. So a lot of that in-person networking, um, is really effective. Great. Okay. So, um, what advice do you have for uh, PTs out there that are considering starting their own practice? I think uh, the biggest thing, you know, is it's going to be scary. And, mm-hmm. and they have to understand that if they're truly unhappy with where they're at right now, the worst thing can happen is that they don't try. And then they end up right back where they were. There's 
no, I, I am positive that if I send out my resume right now or answered one of the recruiters phone calls that I could be employed in two weeks. So, you know, we have the degree, uh, and it's always going to be there and there's always going to be a need for physical therapists. So, uh, if you try it and it works and you end up working for yourself, great. If not, at least you don't have that worry that you didn't. And so, uh, it really, you know, I was fearful of it for a long time, you know, and after I did it, I wish I'd started sooner, but you, there's always going to be that thing in your head. Well, I need stability and I need, you know, to take care. I am, and I completely understand in a very lucky, well, not lucky, but a scenario that I have to take care of myself and my dog. And there is very little bills, you know, I'm not putting anybody through school or, mm-hmm. or stuff. So it was, it was kind of now or never. Um, my company went through a much larger buyout and the company that did so, I was just not willing to go with the flow of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it was kind of like a rock and a hard place and I, I got, you know, pushed into it, uh, you know, pushed out of the nest. I, I wasn't, wasn't ready. And luckily I, I flew. So, um, I would say t- just take the, take the jump. Uh, if you truly feel like you are ready clinically um, and that it's something you want to do, it, if, if not, there's always places you can work for great clinicians um, and and we need those people too. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Take a chance. You never know what could happen. It worked out really well for you. <laughs> All right. Um, any final thoughts for our listeners before we wrap up? Um. Nothing I can, you know, think of. I, I do better when I when I've got a question. So put <laughs> put me on the spot there. But um I would just say, you know, the the reimbursement rates and, and the way that insurance works uh unfortunately isn't going to change, or at least it doesn't seem like it's gonna change. Um we're one of the few careers where, you know, everything like I went and got my hair cut this morning and it was more expensive than it was, you know a week ago and they gave me the same haircut where, you know, you're not given any different care than you were a week ago. And they're telling, telling you that you're going to be paid less uh, year over year. So uh, really taking it into our own hands, I think that uh, performance therapy um, or at least performance based therapy, you know, if you're getting someone better faster or you can provide a value to a patient, you should charge that value. Um, and and really the only way to do that is through a cash-based model where you give the client a super bill and then they, they kind of take the insurance on. Um, I think that in the setting we're in now, and especially when I came out of school, you were like, oh, if, if you're going to go work in orthopedics, you're going to go work for this big practice and they're going to offer you what they want. And it's going to be very similar to, you know, what they're offering everybody. Um, they had a new, a, you know, new grad starting salary and, um, it, it's definitely changed it. You know, more people are coming out now thinking this can't be the only way to do it. Um, you know, we need to change whatever vision 2020 was. Um, and, and I think a lot more people are willing to take the risk as well. So I, I would just say, you know, get a good baseline on your clinical skills. Um, 
really learn how to talk and connect with people and and find and charge your value. Excellent. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh healthcare is a is a very difficult industry to be in. And like you said, reimbursements are are very tough. It's getting squeezed. Costs are going up. It's a difficult. If it's it's a very difficult space to be in, um, and it does need some, um, a little bit of an evolution uh, to uh, figure out how to solve these problems. And certainly, looking at a cash based uh, model is is an interesting approach, and and one that I think a lot of a lot more folks are are taking a closer look at. So we appreciate you sharing uh, sharing your thoughts and sharing. Um, uh, uh, your business success with us today. Um, I really appreciate it. Really appreciate you being on the show. So thank you for joining us. Uh, and thank you to the audience for tuning into the Therapy Matters podcast, your one-stop resource for expert insights and advice on everything therapy and rehab. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Therapy Matters. Do you like the podcast? Give us a five-star rating, subscribe, and tell all your friends about the show. Want to be a guest or know someone that would be a great guest speaker? Contact me at allison.jones at raintreeinc.com. That's A-L-L-I-S-O-N dot jones at raintreeinc.com. Therapy Matters is brought to you by Raintree, therapy and rehab's favorite EMR. Raintree is the only all-in-one therapy EMR delivering a complete and seamless end-to-end patient journey from first contact to payment to patient retention. To learn more about Raintree, visit us online at raintreeinc.com.